Welcome to the Michael Rothstein Show. I am your host, Michael Rothstein. This podcast is being brought to you by Regents Field, Ann Arbor's True Sports Bar at 204 South Main Street. Come on by for great food and drink specials, trivia on Monday nights, and free skee-ball and darts every night of the week. Check them out at Regents Field on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Hello and welcome to episode 22, that's 2-2 on the Michael Rothstein Show, coming at you live from Mobile, Alabama, the site of the 2020 Senior Bowl. I'm your host, Michael Rothstein, and for the next little while, we'll take you through everything we've seen and heard from the annual event here in the fairly freezing deep south. Like seriously, it's been winter coat weather the whole time down here, my Teeth were chattering yesterday standing out at practice, at least on Tuesday. My feet were really cold, but it's been a great experience down here. And what we'll do at first is we'll take you and try to explain how some of all of this works at one of the bigger events of the league year. So if you've never been to a combine or senior bowl event before, and I'm guessing most of you haven't, this is really what it's like. Picture whatever business you're going to, like, or whatever business you're in, going to a massive convention of people from across the country. You have meetings all day, presentations, you're learning, you're taking notes, you're talking with people, meeting with people, all of that. Then when it's done, maybe you run to your room real quick, maybe you try to get a workout in, and then you go and grab dinner with colleagues. After that, at least here in Mobile and at the Combine in Indianapolis, instead of going to bed or going off on your own, you're working in the room again. You're socializing as much as possible. You're meeting new people. You're networking. You're hanging out in lobbies. You're trying to read name tags. And you're going through everything you possibly can, usually until the late hours of the night into the early wee hours of the morning in the bars and restaurants of whatever city you're in. This week it ends up being Mobile, Alabama. And then you wake up early the next day, maybe try to get a workout in or record a podcast and do it all over again. It's long hours. It's tiring. It's exhausting. By the time you get on the plane and step foot in your home, wherever you live when you get back, all you want to do is sleep for a day or two, roll up in sweats on the couch and watch Netflix and really kind of do nothing else, maybe have some takeout. At least, you're, at least if you're somebody who sometimes, like me, gets squeamish around socializing in bigger groups. That's really the best way to describe the combine, which comes up in a month or so, and to a lesser extent, what goes on here at the Senior Bowl. For reporters, it's incredibly worthwhile because often you're in your own cities and your own areas of the country most of the year. So this is a chance to see people you might only interact with once or twice a year. And to me, people you otherwise wouldn't have a chance to. I find that at every one of these events I go to, and it's been incredibly valuable. And I think it's why so many people make the trek every year to Mobile and to Indianapolis. Yes, it's about the players and the coaches, but it's as much about the contacts that you are making throughout the week. At the Senior Bowl, things are a little bit more free-flowing. Access to everyone is better. Guards are down both from players, coaches, executives, and agents, even media. This has been my first Senior Bowl, but it jives with what so much people have told me about Senior Bowl's past all along. So what did we learn this year? Well, this has been a little bit different since the Detroit Lions coaching staff is actually working the game. 
So they brought the entire operation down to Mobile from coaches to executives to the equipment staff and travel coordinator Junior Newell. It's essentially Allen Park South, at least in the part of the hotel the team is working out with for the week. It's also meant Lions coach Matt Patricia has spoken more often, including a funny moment at Tuesday's media day with a giant Reese's peanut butter cup. Reese's is the sponsor of the Senior Bowl and can be found just about anywhere in downtown Mobile. And their logo is everywhere. The Reese's mascot was at media day. They had Reese's peanut butter cups on every table. It was a giant Reese's festival if you happen to like Reese's. And what Matt Patricia did was he took a massive bite out of this giant Reese's peanut butter cup after unwrapping it at his media podium during media day. It was a very light and funny moment from the Lions head coach. And I think it just shows how incredibly relaxed it's been here all week. Remember, this is not necessarily about winning or losing on Saturday for these coaching staffs and, and probably even for the players. It's all about evaluation for these coaches of these players and a giant week-long job interview, both with interviews in the lobby. You can see teams kind of talking to players, grabbing them for five minutes here and there. I saw a Patriots, I'm guessing it was a scout or a coach, literally sitting with a player watching film with him on an iPad in the middle of the first floor of the headquarters hotel here in Mobile. And you kind of just saw that a little bit of everywhere. And the staffs are working hard, both the Lions staff and the Bengals staff, which are coaching the games, and also the scouts that are here. They're trying to glean as much knowledge as they can of players to start setting some sort of board and kind of figure out maybe who they want to investigate more during combines and during pro days. All of that really begins in earnest here in Mobile. The Lions, not surprisingly, haven't been too forthcoming with any of that sort of information yet. And I wouldn't expect them to be, but they are spending a bunch of time with the guys and they're getting some different types of evaluations than they would normally because they are coaching them. They are in meetings with them. They are having little conversations here and there. And they're also definitely coaching in their style. And you can see that during the practices. They're being run hard. Matt Patricia is still being Matt Patricia after a bad special teams rep on Tuesday. He cocked his head slightly which he generally does when something looks a bit amiss. And that, to me, told me, yeah, he's taking the coaching part of this seriously. Of course, that shouldn't surprise anybody at all. So you can pick up little things from practice, too, like on Tuesday. And again, we're recording this Wednesday morning, so much of this is from Tuesday, where the Lions were watching punter Braden Mann from Texas A&M pretty, pretty closely throughout the special teams portions of Tuesday's practice. The Lions, with Sam Martin being a free agent and two players signed to futures contracts and Matt Weil and Jason Fox, might be in the market for a punter. And Mann is one of the best that in college last year. So they're paying attention to him. And he was someone I saw get a lot of individual coaching, both from Braden Coombs and from Matt Patricia throughout Tuesday. And you're really, really close to the field here in Mobile. I mean, legitimately, there's a small, uh, I guess, metal iron barrier that goes about waist high. And other than that, you're right there, about 5 feet, 10 feet away from the back of the bench. There was one point when a North player was getting stretched out that literally, if someone really wanted to, they could have reached over the barrier and probably touched the trainer. That's how close it is and how intimate 
all of this is here in Mobile. So that's more closely than we see things day to day in Allen Park, especially from practice when we're on a giant bleacher and sometimes they're practicing 60, 70 yards away and you can't hear a ton, you can't see a ton unless you're looking through binoculars. Here you can hear more. That means seeing more up-close coaching and not surprisingly a heavy emphasis on special teams from the Lions during Tuesday's practice. Matt Patricia has always placed a high value there, so he's doing that as well. It felt the practice, this practice at least felt very much like a practice he would run in Detroit. A few different special teams periods, team a team 11 on 11 period late, them doing some teamwork before they stretch, and then some individual drills. It was pretty crisp, and it went a little bit longer than the hour and a half that they usually do. One player that really caught my eye early in the week, both in interviews and on the field, is Michigan linebacker Josh Uche. He, Detroit needs pass rushers, and Uche caught my eye multiple times in what he was able to do in drills. Generally, I noticed him beating whoever he was lined up against whenever I watched him, and I thought he had pretty good speed throughout the workout. He's a player that, frankly, if he's there early in the second round and the Lions don't take a pass rusher, an edge rusher in the first round, which unless they're looking at getting Chase Young, which not expected to be there at number three, it's unlikely they would take a pass rusher at three or even at five based on who is available. If Josh Uche is there in round two, don't be surprised if they give him a look. Uh, another player on the north side to watch, although he didn't flash all that much to me, was, is Syracuse's Alton Robinson. He has all the physical tools. There's going to be a bunch of looks at him, and I don't know what round he would go in, but I think he's somebody who could really flash in the game on Saturday as well. Another player to potentially watch that caught my eye early is former Nebraska corner Lamar Jackson. Yeah, his name is familiar. No, he's not related to likely MVP and Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, although he does sometimes hear about Lamar Jackson's exploits on the field over Twitter and over social media and from his friends and from almost anybody else. And it's been a long running joke for him. And he's comfortable with his name as I talked to him a bit on media day on Tuesday, but he's a player and he has really long arms. He has good height. He's a shade over six feet tall and a potential comp to me could be Philadelphia corner, Rasul Douglas. Obviously Rasul Douglas is a bit taller at six foot two, but Rasul Douglas is also a player that, New Lions defensive coordinator Corey Undlin is very familiar with from coaching with the Eagles the past three seasons. Undlin doesn't have any players on this roster at the moment that he's super familiar with. He still said he's learning all of them, but he knows all of their names. But don't be surprised if he starts looking at longer cornerbacks to pair with Pro Bowler Darius Slay. And that brings us to Undlin, who spoke to the media for the first time on Tuesday. The big thing he said was he's not sure who's going to be calling plays yet, and that's something Matt Patricia echoed. Matt Patricia said it's January. They're still trying to get through last season. They haven't even done all of their full player evaluations from 2019 yet where they sit and they watch film for hours and go through every player on the roster to make decisions for 2020 or at least start to. That's going to happen when they get back from the Senior Bowl. So... They haven't figured any of that out yet, or at least that's kind of what they're saying. And Unlin said he didn't really inquire about play calling in the process. He basically intimated that he's here and he'll do whatever is asked of him. But 
All of that said, I don't get the sense he's going to be a yes man for Matt Patricia. He seems to have a very strong personality, seems to be very, very confident in himself. And Matt Patricia and Corey Undlin haven't worked together much, even though they go back over a decade together and are incredibly close friends and talk all the time. But Undlin has the personality and understanding of Patricia and his defense that he could be a guy that would be able to say, hey, this might not work, let's try this, or hey, that's kind of maybe not all that smart, let's go this way, and it should be well-received by Patricia on his defense. That's the type of relationship and the type of trust these two guys have with each other. Unlin has experience in the 3-4 and the 4-3 and learned a ton from former Lions coach Jim Schwartz. So I don't know if it matters much who calls the plays, especially in this season of needing to win for the Lions. It's Patricia's job on the line, most of all, and if he wants to do it, that makes sense for him to want to handle it however he wants to. And that includes calling plays. If he doesn't call plays, he's still going to have a heavy hand in it anyway. We all know that. He's hinted that over and over. One of his favorite sayings has always been the best part of being a head coach is you can kind of call a play whenever you want to, whether that's special teams, offense, or defense. And considering his ballywick is defense, don't be surprised if even if Corey Undlin does end up calling plays, Matt Patricia still has a large, large, large say in it. Other than all of that, sounds like Undland and special teams coordinator Braden Coombs are both still getting adjusted to their new roles and being with the staff. One other thing Undland said that intrigued me is that I think he's going to be more aggressive. He seemed to really hint at, yeah, it's a two-hour conversation, he said, about philosophy on aggression, and it depends on offensive line and on quarterback, but I get the sense that he might be a pretty aggressive guy when it comes to defense. But back to special teams, it really looks like Coombs is a high-energy coach. You could feel that from watching practices. He has a good handle on what might work, what might not, and I'd be pretty surprised if this didn't end up being a pretty creative unit this fall. One last player to watch will be UCLA's Joshua Kelly. He's a running back. He's on the North squad. He's a bigger back than the other rushers on the roster, and he's someone who, depending on how he plays and what his draft grade ends up being, might be appealing to the Lions, giving them insurance behind Carrion Johnson and Bo Scarborough. And obviously they have Ty Johnson as well, and they signed Trey Carson again. J.D. McKissick's a restricted free agent, but they might stick with him too. We'll see. That's going to, I think, be one of the more intriguing decisions they make. But Joshua Kelly could be a good fit for this backfield. He's the stronger type of back that really could end up thriving in the system, gives them you know, carry on Johnson. Listen, he's had his injury issues. Bo Scarborough is even a little bit banged up in his short amount of work last year. So all of those things combined, they might need another bigger back to kind of take the load off both of them. And don't be surprised if Joshua Kelly somehow, if he's around in the mid rounds, could end up being a guy that the Lions look at. So we'll be back again Monday with a wrap up from the Senior Bowl, a look ahead to the Super Bowl and your questions for the weekly pod bag. And we should be back next week as well with a regular scheduled Thursday programming, which is an interview with a guest. Not going to say who that guest is because it hasn't been confirmed yet, but I think it's somebody that you all will really like and have heard from a few people that this is a woman that you've wanted on the show before. Thanks, as always, to Blue Wire Podcasts, a collection of some of the best sports podcasts around for hosting this podcast, as well as Regents Field for being our sponsor 
Thanks to my producers, David Woodley and Stephen Arkinall. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, and Spotify. You can follow my work on Instagram and Twitter at Mike Rothstein and on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist, along with reading everything I do over on ESPN.com. We'll be back to our normal schedule next week, so if there are guests you want to hear from in the future, and we have some hopefully lined up for February and March that will be pretty darn good in this typical Thursday spot, let me know. And with that, we'll see you next week.